Good morning from Fitzroy. And we're just sorry you're not here. So good morning, Fitzroy. For those of you who are still in Belfast, those of you who are on staycations, maybe those who've gone for vacations, and for those of you who come in to listen and watch our services now from all over the world, we welcome you. And we do pray that God will somehow use the bare bones of what we have sung and prepared to say and pray, and it might uh, the flesh and muscle of his Holy Spirit might come alive and speak into your lives wherever you are uh, today. Just uh, a few announcements. Uh, can we say that for Fitzers, there is a crabfish for those uh, younger children, the ones who would maybe want to go over to the rock pools and see if they can um, dangle a rope into a pool and pull out a crab. We're doing that in Ballycastle on the 23rd. That's this Wednesday. If the weather's good, if the weather's not good, we're putting it off to Thursday. So stick in with uh, with Janice on that one. And we will meet at the far end of Ballycastle Beach around 12 o'clock over near the rocks and the bridge at the far end of the beach. And we'll have a, a good time and a little bit of physically distancing uh, fellowship as well. So that should be really good uh, this week. Can I thank our uh, music people this week? Um, the Black family, that's Gareth and Karen and Eleanor. And I know Jonah does a great deal of work on sound and vision and patience. So we thank them. Uh, and today we have a band. The band have been back in church and have recorded a few songs for us that you will see over the course of the next number of weeks. I'd like to thank you all for that. Wherever you are, I hope you're having a holiday, whether you've got away or not, when you get away or maybe you are away. I wrote an article in yesterday's Belfast Telegraph talking about the importance of Sabbath at this time, particularly coming out of what we've been through. So my prayers are that you've experienced some of that or will experience some of that over these next weeks. Let's just be still for a moment before we worship God. Lord, in the stillness, may we know your presence. Whether we're in places familiar or whether we're in other places today, resting, holidaying, we pray that wherever we are across the world, we will know you and that that will change everything. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hello, um, we're Kyle and Joe, and um, we're here in Oxford. For the last couple of years I've been working for St Ebbs Church in Oxford. I've been working with postgrads as well as doing some stuff with kids. And I asked Steve if we could uh, make a little video for the service this week because we just want to say a huge thank you to Fitzroy. Thank you so much for all your support over the last two years. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your financial support. Thank you for getting in touch all the time and see how I'm doing. George Mullen especially has been very good at that. Um, yeah, and we just really wanted to say a really big thank you. So thanks very much. Um, from this Sunday, this Sunday is my last day um, working at St Ebbs. And then from September, I'm going to be starting a PGCE and studying to be a physics teacher. And what are you going to be doing? Um, I'm going to be continuing my work in Oxford with BMS World Mission for the foreseeable future. Great. And we're going to be uh, we're going to be back in Northern Ireland for a bit in August. But I guess, uh, well, we probably won't see many of you. But it would be great to see you, hopefully, as soon as possible. Um, we're going to read Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 to 19. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Bye. Bye.
Jacob, as I looked across the lectionary readings for this week, Jacob was the reading that gave some traction into where we're going through as a world at this moment in time. Um, I may be contriving that because I'm booked in for a thought for the day for BBC Radio Ulster in September and they've told us don't talk about coronavirus because everybody talks about coronavirus and we're fed up with it. I find that as I come to prepare for a Sunday morning that there's just no way that I can not talk into the situation. I've got to take the text of the lectionary and put it into the context of the lives we're living in. And as I glanced across them this week, Jacob was the one who resonated. Maybe because Jacob has resonated with me since I was a tiny boy, when I wasn't interested really in the things of God. Jacob's story about how he stole that blessing from Esau really just captivated my imagination. You know, when you're a wee boy and you hear about putting the goat skin on his arms and trying to get the aroma of being a farmer, which he wasn't, so that his almost blind father would give him the blessing instead of Esau, that really captivated me. Jacob was somebody who I was really interested in, even though he was a deceiver. And then later on, when I was older and was at the Greenbelt Festival around 1990, Friends of mine, Doug Gaby and one of them that we know in Fitzroy, um, Andy Thornton, Dot Reed, Charlie Irvine, these guys were doing this really imaginative dance worship service in Glasgow at the time where they were taking dance music and they were putting church liturgy around it and some theology around it. And one green belt, they looked at Jacob. And that was the first time I realized that when Jacob changed his name to Israel, that he changed his name to Israel because Israel means wrestling with God. And I hadn't been that encouraged to wrestle with God in my spiritual journey till then. So I thought that was interesting, that we could be like the psalmist and, and wrestle with God over the issues that were happening around us. But the final one, and the one that probably links in best with the sermon today, was Bruce Springsteen made an album in the mid-2000s um, called The Seeger Sessions where he took songs that Pete Seeger had sung in the middle of the civil rights movement in America and um, he really energised them with this huge band, uh, all kinds of brass, and it was wonderful. And um, and there was some hymns in there because the civil rights movement used some of the old Negro spirituals that had become hymns. And so we went to see Springsteen in Dublin, and he was going to sing a song called Jacob's Ladder. And before it, he said, I'm about to sing a song called Jacob's Ladder, and I thought before I sing it, I should let you all know who Jacob is. So I did some research, and I'm going to paraphrase here because I can't use the words that Bruce used because they would be too naughty for an online service. Um, he said, I discovered that Jacob was a messed up son of a gun who fell into the grace of God. And I looked at my mate Dave and went, wow, did we just hear Bruce Springsteen preaching on Genesis chapter 28? It's an amazing line. He was a messed up son of a gun, not Bruce's words, my paraphrase, who fell into the grace of God. That actually could be the essence of today's sermon. Because what we find here is that um, that Jacob is actually running from that blessing instant. He's conned his father uh, into giving him the blessing instead of Esau. Esau, his twin brother, has decided, I'm going after him, I'm going to kill him. Um, and uh, and Jacob's mother has said, look, go off to Haran, go off and, and find some refuge there for a while until your brother calms down and you'll be safe there. And so we find ourselves not long into his journey, actually. If you look at a map, he's, he's still quite a long way away from Haran, but he has, he has run away from home. And his situation would be he's probably vulnerable. 
He's probably frightened. He's disorientated. He's in a place that he's never been before, maybe geographically and certainly in his own spirit. And he's not sure what's next. That's what resonated. I thought, is that not a little bit like us in these coronavirus days? We're vulnerable, we're disorientated, we're a little anxious, and we really don't know what's happening next. I mean, literally next. We don't know whether there'll be a second spike or everything's going to be okay by Christmas. Our Prime Minister in the UK says everything will be okay by Christmas, but we're putting three billion into the health service in case there's a second spike around January. So we really don't know what's going to happen next. That's the kind of place that Jacob is when he has this dream. And the dreams, of course, this stairway to heaven that we would imagine as some stairway out of some Hollywood movie. But actually, in, in those days, it would have been called a ziggurat, and it would have been a mud-brick mountain uniting heaven and earth. It's this um, link, a bridge between God and heaven and us and earth. And of course, John uses this illustration uh, in his gospel when in Jesus' baptism, heaven opens and angels are ascending and descending between earth and heaven. This is an image of the incarnation, but it's not an image of the incarnation in the New Testament, this is an image of incarnation right there in the middle of Genesis. This is about God being intimate, God coming down and being around us, a God who wants to connect with humanity, a God who is a presence not only to royalty, but in this situation just to ordinary Jacob. God wants to be with us, among us, in these strange days. And I guess that's Springsteen's grace, isn't it? He's just stole his brother's blessing. He's on the run and fearing for his life. And having on the run for his life because of a deception, not because of an injustice. God meets him. And God sees him. And God's a presence to him. And he experiences God's grace. How encouraging would that be? You're in a place that's vulnerable. You're a little bit anxious. You're not sure what's next. You're completely disorientated. And you sense that God is a presence to you. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've come from, he's there in his love. As Springsteen said, Jacob was a messed up son of a gun who fell in to the grace of God. And that grace of God can be an incredible encourager in times of orientation, disorientation, in times of anxiety, in times of not knowing what's next. Those of you who used to come and gather in Fitzroy and have, have been part of my ministry there and have heard me preaching for the 11 years that I've been with you uh, are well aware that most weeks I come up with a Facebook message that just dropped into Facebook on the week or the day. And literally this one was the hour before I preached. And my friend Rosie put up a John O'Donoghue uh, quotation that I found just resonated with this story. And let, let me read it to you. Uh, it's John O'Donoghue, um, who, if you don't know John, was a little bit of a mystic from the west of Ireland with a, an incredible Irish brogue. And he wrote Adam Cara and he's written a lot of wonderful benedictions and all kinds of stuff. And he writes this about encouragement. So listen to it in the context of the ladder between, you know, the ladder and the dream that Jacob's having in this story we're on today. One of the most beautiful gifts in the world is the gift of encouragement. 
When someone encourages you, that person helps you over a threshold that you might otherwise never have crossed on your own. There are times of great uncertainty in every life. Left alone at such a time, you feel dishevelled and confused, almost like gravity. When a friend comes with words of encouragement, a light and lightness visit you, and you begin to find the stairs and the door out of the dark. The sense of encouragement you feel from the friend is not simply her words or gestures. It is rather her whole presence enfolding you and helping you to find the concealed door. The encouraging presence manages to understand you and put herself in your shoes. There is no judgment, but words of relief and release. I find those words coming up on Facebook in the last hour as I prepared this quite remarkable. Here is encouragement. Encouragement in a place where you might be lonely. Jacob is lonely. A place where we might be disorientated. We are all in this coronavirus time. When we're in such a place, an encouragement can be like stairs that show you a door out of the dark. This is almost Jacob's ladder in O'Donoghue's thinking. It comes and encourages you to understand yourself and come into your shoes. This is the gospel. Jesus, God becomes one of us. God becomes human. And God becomes human to encourage us that we are not alone, that we are seen, that we are loved, and that whatever disorientation, whatever anxiety or vulnerability that we feel, as Jacob does right here in this story, God is there. God is an encourager, but he also calls us, I believe, to be conduits of God's encouragement. Because encouragement, and I want to use encouragement here in the context of God's unmerited favour and grace that Springsteen said Jacob fell into, grace changes us. Grace changed Jacob. Now he's still wheeling and dealing with God. He says to God in this story, if you do this, well then I'm definitely going to do this. I'm not sure it's a wheeling and dealing. I think it's him saying to himself, wow, God's going to do that and God's going to stick with me and God's never going to leave me. Well, if that's the context we're in, I'm certainly going to follow this God. I'm certainly going to partner with this God, which is, I think, what God invites us into by his grace and presence and encouragement. God just doesn't come to us and surround us and meet with us for our own um, calmness or our own sense of we're going to be okay through this. It's much, much bigger than that. God's grace and presence and encouragement is to begin to partner with him in the promises that he has, not just for our individual lives, but for the world that we live in. Genesis 28 that was read to us earlier. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. Listen to this. For I will not leave you until I've done what I've promised you. So these promises to Abraham, to Isaac, and now to Jacob are about this nation are about this world that is going to be blessed. If you look up at the stars, you'll see one of those stars is for you because what God is doing through the seed of Abraham is going to be this new world, this new kingdom. 
And so what we have here is that we have Jacob not only having promises for him that God will be with him and God will stick with him, but that God's going to do something that Jacob now becomes a part of, the God of, how many times do we hear that? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Jacob out of this grace becomes a major player in what God wants to do in the world. Now, I've been listening this week to N.T. Wright, blame John Trinder. He sent me this wonderful, wonderful um, video of N.T. Wright and um, a guy called Collins from America, a real science boffin, who were talking about coronavirus times and talking about the, the virus and a bit of theology and a bit of science. And somewhere in that, they talk about Romans chapter 20, or chapter 8, verse 28. You know that verse that says that all things work together for good to those who love God? Well, they are seeing that from a slightly different perspective. I don't think they're changing it, but I think they're changing um, they're changing it in, in, in the perspective they see it. So what they're doing is they're saying, all things work together for good to those who love God. Um, it's not just about me, and it's not just about me passively having good done to me, but it's about those who love God and called by God to be involved in God's promise. So all things work together for good to those who are working with God for the kingdom of God to come. Let me read it from uh, Eugene Peterson. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in waiting, God's spirit is right alongside us, helping us along. You can feel that these verses link in very well with Genesis chapter 28 and certainly where I've taken Genesis 28 and through John O'Donoghue. God's spirit is right alongside us, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying for us, making prayer out of our wordless, word, wordless sighs, our aching groans. God knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Those last lines, that's for God so love, or not, that's not, not for God so love the world. It, it's all things work together for good. The way Peterson puts it is that's why we can be sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. We're not passive in this. We're partners with God in this to bring about his kingdom and his purposes. Genesis 28 28 and we know that in all things or sorry uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 28 we know that all things work together for good to those who love him but who have been called according to his purpose we who love him have been called to the purposes of God to bring about the kingdom of God so where are we where are we this morning well, this morning it seems to me from social media that the Fitzroy community are everywhere. We're in the County Down Coast, we're in the North Coast, we're in various places and some of us even in Belfast. Others of us are all around the world. I don't mean geographically. I mean, where are we spiritually this morning? How can we link into this story of Jacob? Are we feeling fearful, disorientated, vulnerable? Are we not sure what's happening next? Well, like Jacob, can I say pastorally and as a preacher, God is with us. He's beside us. We might not get the dream, but actually if we stop for a moment just to look and to think, I think if we look back over these last months, we will see the presence of God and the grace of God surrounding us as we've come. God wants to encourage us 
by his grace and presence to get involved in what he is doing. It's a kingdom coming. And coronavirus isn't going to get in the way of that. He is working out his good. He is working out his promises. He is working out how we can get ready for freedom and for heaven even before heaven come to meet us. He wants us involved with it. His grace, his encouragement is right there for us. Let me apply it as we close. The start of last week, I wasn't feeling that great. Everything in my body was seemingly breaking down. I just didn't feel physically good. And uh, we went up to the coast and we went out for a walk as we do on a beach that has become almost like Bethel is to Jacob in um, Genesis chapter 28. It's been a place for us for a long time. Now, the interesting thing about Ballycastle Beach is, and when I retire, which is a long way off, when I retire, I would love to do a project on it because almost every day, and certainly every week, the format of the beach, the stones in the beach, the patterns in the beach are different. There might be a lot of big stones piled away up high on the beach. There may be no hard sand down along the seashore at all. Or there may be little swathes of stones coming at different angles across the beach. And the river that comes down into the sea is always different. Last weekend, you could have jumped it. Well, I could have jumped it 30 years ago, and one wee kid did, but I probably couldn't do it now. Jed swam across it really, really quickly. Everything about Ballycastle Beach shifts with the moil tides all around it. Dangerous tides, strong tides. There's just powerful things that they do that we can see the evidence of in the beach. Coronavirus times, everything is shifting. Everything is different. Everything has changed. Let me in on a little secret. This is not the first take of today's sermon. And one of the many times we had to stop the takes was just because a car pulled up outside of our house. I stopped. Now, that was annoying because I had to do a retake. But I asked myself shortly after, why did I stop because a car stopped outside our house? Well, it was because for three months, no cars stopped outside our house. We've been living in these shifting sands where almost every day, like the beach in Bally Castle, the patterns of our lives have been different because of what's been going on and the tides underneath us. So last Monday, we walked out onto that beach, everything shifting all the time. Look at all the things that were different from the last time we'd walked on it. And then we came to a place just about two-thirds across the beach where there's this rock. The rock is just usually in line, just maybe 10 feet out from the waves, from the water edge. And it's there. And almost every night when we're in Ballycastle, we take a photograph of the sunset with that rock in it. Because that rock, with all the others shifting, just stays the same. And last Monday night, as I stood in front of that rock, with my body breaking down and thinking, how am I going to get two more Sunday sermons out of this? How am I going to get to holiday time? That rock assured me that God is our refuge and rock and ever-present help in trouble. It was my latter dream. It was God around me reminding me of his presence, reminding me of his grace, reminding me of his encouragement. Every summer ends for me on that beach there's a day or two to go have to get back to Fitzroy and I walk across that beach and there's a shift between 
reading novels and having a rest to what's next in the partnership with God. What are we preparing for in a new church year? And it happens as everything else shifts around a rock that is steady. I'm going to ask you this week to do a bit of homework. Where is that rock? Where is that rock in Ballycastle Beach that is for me, that might be for you? Because it tells us that Jacob comes back to Bethel time and time again. Because this is a place where he knows that God is because he's experienced God once and that would be an encouragement. Maybe find those places. But even if you're far away from home and you know you'll never get back to those places again, I encourage you this week in our disorientation of coronavirus, still anxious about whether to wear masks or not to wear masks, still not sure many people should come into your house or not come into your house, still a wee bit hesitant about hugging anybody or getting too close to them, as we're vulnerable as all these things are going on around us and shifting, be aware of the presence of God because God is there. God sees us. God's grace loves us. And no matter how messed up son of a guns we are, we can fall into that grace that encourages us, encourages us to find a way out of this dark and encourages us far more than that, but to get involved in a calling to be part of what God's doing in our world. Let's get involved in that. Let's, like Jacob, fall into the arms of grace, find that encouragement and presence of God, and then become part of what God has been doing since the days of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob.
as we always do in Fitzroy, we want to offer ourselves to God. It's about more than giving money into an offering plate, which is not passing by you as we speak. It's about our lives. It's about a moment in our Sunday worship where we say to God, here we are, and we give ourselves to you. So let's pray together. God, we thank you for your grace, for reaching down from heaven to touch our ordinary lives in unexpected places, to touch our lives when we feel anxious, vulnerable, disorientated, wondering what is next. God, we thank you today for your presence with us. As Paul prayed for the Ephesians, we pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which you have called us, the riches of your glorious inheritance in your holy people and your incomparably great power for us who believe. Lord, may we know that power as the same as the mighty strength that you exerted when you raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. God, open the eyes of our hearts to see you beside us. Wherever we are today, that we may know your grace seeing us, loving us, and your encouragement energizing us to commitment and to a partnership that will see your promises of a new kingdom come and your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we take hold of your promise that you will stick with us until you've done everything that you have promised. May we, wherever we are today, offer ourselves to you and sense that presence, that grace and that promise. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you very much for being with us for our online service this Sunday. Um, we uh, have no coffee or tea for you, but we do ask you, especially in the light of today's sermon, to go away now and encourage somebody. Maybe now you can do it physically, but if you can't, let's do it in social media, by phone or whatever other way. Let's share a benediction over one another. May we know God the Father sticking with us. May we know Jesus' grace wherever we find ourselves. And may we know the Holy Spirit's encouragement in all that we do. Amen.